All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Tag Team. I am Riley Holbert, joined by my good friend, J.W. Crewall, who is rocking out on his camera, if you're watching the video. <laughs> J.W., how are you doing this week? I'm doing good, Riley. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. So for the audio listeners, J.W. is wearing what appears to be a full suit. J.W., what's the occasion? I was playing a show tonight. I had a gig in downtown Columbus where we were like, it was cool. It was probably the weirdest show I've ever played. We were background musician to these acrobatic people. I don't oh, know. okay. Kind of like a Cirque du Soleil kind of thing? It was Cirque basically like Cirque du Soleil, but I think based in Canada. But anyway, they're doing this huge tour around the United States. They've been in Washington and Idaho, and now they're you know Chicago yesterday, and they've been just slowly making their way down to the Midwest, and they're going to do all through Texas and things like that. Uh, in the next couple of weeks. So it was pretty cool. There was like the uh, ring people that, you know, got on a ring that came down and like swirled around. <laughs> the ring people, people yes. <laughs> there, there were people that, uh, you know, just, just were doing like big jumps. And then they had like a seesaw that, jump, you know, flipped people in the air. They had this one dude. I just didn't understand what was happening at first, but he was being suspended by his hair. Oh, above. that sounds painful. I don't know how it works, but... I think it's probably some like weird, you know, cultural thing from not America where you suspend yourself by your hair. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if somebody could look that up. That then be... You're saying that's like a day-to-day -day thing outside of America or <laughs> no, just like an art, a performing arts type thing. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. But, uh, and then just some other sweet, like jumping and stuff. There was a midget. <laughs> I don't think you can say that. What do you mean? I can't say that. Pretty sure you say little person. Oh, okay. There was a little person. My bad. My bad. I didn't mean. I, is that really not a term anymore? I thought it was still a term. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's not. It may. I. I would agree with you. It may have been outlawed, but okay. A little person. Yeah. There's a little person. <laughs> there was a man on the jumpy shoes. He had jumpy shoes on. It was very. Oh, cool. Yeah. It was yeah. very cool. Oh, and the they had all the stuff. The best part about it, we were just playing Christmas songs and it was pretty easy. So I got like, you know, 200 bucks for just being there, for existing. So it was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Andrew came in with his raid on Twitch, right? As you're saying, <laughs> saying the oh. wrong stuff. So, well, we'll move past that. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't realize. I'm a, it's a sign of the times, you guys. I'm just too old. JW is a massive, massive boomer. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, there was a Pokemon tournament this weekend that neither of us were at, um, but we did have some insight going into it, yeah. and that would be the Daytona Beach Regional Championship. So standard event down in Florida. Got to experience the beach, the sun, if you were there. So that's pretty cool. I'm kind of jealous because it's been miserable up here in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, and it was taken home by Gardevoir Sylveon, a deck that we didn't really talk about much at all for the past couple weeks. No, um, for sure. So we'll touch on that. Uh, in second place, ADP, a deck that we really ragged on a lot. I, there was a new innovative build that Xander Perot kind of um, led the charge on alongside some of his friends like Will Jenkins and Rahul Reddy, and that saw a lot of success. And then a lot of the stuff that we, we did expect, like Mewtwo and Malamar and... Um, dolls saw a lot of success as well so yeah. 
I think we just got to start right from the top, man. Gardevoir yeah. Sylveon. How did that escape our our radar? It wasn't really a deck we were thinking about. Yeah, it really wasn't. I mean, you, I think you look at it and you say, okay, it probably doesn't beat like Pidgeotto. It's probably a really tough matchup. Uh, things like Baby Blounds, really tough matchup. And even like maybe Abilities Art, although you do have like the Stamp Plant combo, which can slow it down. But I'm thinking more like Baby Blounds is going to be really tough for it to beat. And and with so much representation of Baby Blounds in in um, you know in uh, in that tournament. I'm surprised that it didn't get thwarted in its efforts. I'm surprised it made it out of kind of that sea of unfavorable matchup. No doubt. I mean, Baby Blounds was the second most popular deck, I believe, with around 80 people playing it or something like that. Or maybe it was less than that. Um, sure. But either way, it was the second most popular deck. Uh, tons of representation. That's just a really, really bad matchup for Gardevoir. Um, so what do you think ended up making Gardevoir the deck of choice for this tournament what was the either the innovation that brought it to success or was it just sort of a matchup thing where it hit the right people at the right time what do you I think mean, went into that victory yeah yeah i think you look at you know on the flip side of that coin where we say okay baby blondes was really big how did it make it through that you also look at how big mewtwo was as i believe the most played deck it from was the yeah weekend. and it just really just stomps it takes it to town none of the mutualists <laughs> i can imagine were playing anything like lysander labs so there were some know. lists playing turtonators and stuff sure turtonator but even then it's like only one and i do feel like um you know you, you need to use all your resources perfectly to be gardevoir right so you need to get that six energy reshazard uh gx attack off and then you need to not lose that attacker while you can build up with your last three energy, presuming you play nine, using your last three energy to power up a Turtonator to try to get a knockout on the other Gardevoir. So that that's really tough to play that matchup if you only play you know nine energy. And so you can definitely win, no doubt. However, it makes it very difficult, especially when they have you know the Fairy Charm, or, you know the Psychic Fairy yeah, Charm. Pretty good card. Yeah, and then I think the other thing too is. Obviously, we saw a lot of uh, success with ADP. A lot of people saw success with ADP. So uh, that's another pretty good matchup, I would say. And if you're going to hit, you know, some of the most popular decks like Mewtwo and ADP, those are some of the most played. So, you know, you can definitely see how the Gardevoir player went through a tournament with great success. Yeah, I actually kind of want to expand on that thought. Something that we said over and over on the cast is how you want to be teching for the top tables and not the not the middle to bottom tables so if you can make it out around three and get through a sea of bad matchups then typically you'll if you can hit good matchups from there on it's probably the right deck for the tournament and i right. think the two decks that probably amplified like exemplified that the most were gardevoir and adp actually this tournament um whereas the gardevoir now with the amistar to deal with the dolls a little bit better um really actually is a difficult thing for the the current iteration of these dolls lists to deal with and there's more there's stuff that you can do to adjust to that which we can hit on later um but you have that for the dolls matchup you do pretty well against adp which a lot of top players ended up playing adp do pretty well into mewtwo um and so really there weren't a ton of top players that were playing baby blounds because of the fear that loomed overhead of this doll stall matchup which is unwinnable for baby blounds and so realistically actually guardian ended up being a really good choice once you got through those initial trials of the tournament and that's we saw two make top eight let's not forget dean also made top eight with gardevoir 
Yeah, that that's really big. I presume that they didn't work on lists together. I don't know for sure, um, but that's just really interesting to see. You know, again, like two different testing groups, two different people come to that same conclusion and find success. Yeah, but let's shift gears a little bit now. Gardevoir does have a okay matchup versus ADP. I actually think the matchup's a little bit tougher than it uh, is portrayed sometimes, and I think that was best exemplified in game two of the yeah. finals, where yeah. Xander was able to get off the reset stamps and stick some Caldeos and keep those chaotic swells going. And really, you only need the damage from the GX attack of ADP. So it moves a little bit faster than you might expect, especially with the with the addition of that counter gain into the sure. ADP list, I think is actually huge because it lets you more proactively attach to Keldeo. You can just right. one energy GX with ADP, and in the meantime, you're just building up that Keldeo to swing for 140. And the Gardevoirs are giving out three prizes anyway. So it doesn't really matter that you right. don't have the extra prize bonus because actually right. it might right. even be better. I, I was going <laughs> to say yeah, the, the prizing, like giving up an ADP early almost feels kind of to your advantage if you're the if you're the 80 player because then you just get the harsher reset stamp and it's like if you can get that gx attack off and they knock you out like then without really thinning their deck then you're presuming like the way you win the matchup is like they you hope they don't draw into what they need you know uh presumably that the faba right which we did see drew rip off of that poke gear to win the last game <laughs> but yeah the reset stamps can be pretty harsh especially early game because you're looking at a deck like gardevoir that wants to take its time, that usually has the benefit of time to kind of set up the energy, get a lot of, uh, you know, thin their deck that way by just drawing a bunch of energy out. But then when you play it against ADP, I mean, you definitely don't want to give them too much time either, right? Uh, and so you're <laughs> They're both to... kind of slower building up and right. game state kind of decks. Right, exactly. And like, if you're a Gardevoir player, like, of course you take the knockout, you know, of course you would take the knockout <laughs> on an ADP that is just GX'd. Uh, but then that leaves you susceptible to the reset stamp. So yeah, so I think I mean Xander played that really intelligently, and I think he really did everything that he could. I'm... Well, to be honest, he probably like he probably should have won that third game, right? Like if if um, Drew doesn't pull the Faba off of the Poke Gear, then what does he do? Right. Yeah. I Drew was on a very short clock to find the things that he needed. Yeah. So, I mean, I th I think Xander had a reset stamp that he tried to hold for a turn, if I'm remembering correctly. And someone correct me if I'm wrong here. But I think his intention was that, um, that Drew had just Cynthia Caitlin for a greens, and he would have the greens for the Fava plant combo, and then he could stamp oh. that away and set him back two turns effectively. I think yeah. that was the idea, but then. Um, Drew was able to get the Pokey Gear into the Fava as opposed to having to use the greens to draw into it. So uh, a little bit unfortunate. Um, you could If Xander did, in fact, have that reset stamp, which I believe he did, um, you could debate whether or not he should have played it because now Drew has drawn a bunch of cards. Um, but I think it depends on your school of thought there. Um, I don't think it was objectively wrong the way it was sure. played. Um, sure. Either way, though, ADP definitely was a huge contender in this format and i think the real big game changer there was the the rosa engine was really really smart um we talked so much about adp just throwing up a three prize and being like yeah well yeah don't don't kill this right. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh what better way to 
to deal with it potentially being knocked out than having a Rosa ready, you know? <laughs> it's really clever. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's cool. Especially when you're playing cards like Custom Catchers that are more combo-based, cards like Counter Game, which are supposed to be retrieved at certain instances in the game. You know, these all these things now that make the uh, Rosa make sense in the deck. So sure. it was it was just really cool. It was a really smart innovation. Um, and of course, the, the way that Xander built his deck was heavily, heavily geared towards beating stuff like doll decks, for example, with the addition of the giraffe egg and the custom catchers. Um, and between Cryogonal, custom catchers, giraffe egg, like dolls is going to have a really, really unfortunate time. Yeah, really, really hard to deal with, for sure. For so. It's been good. Yeah, it's been good to see the custom catchers come back to ADP. I think that was a, a change that people had been going towards. I know a lot of people had been cutting them in favor of just playing the uh, great catcher. But now I do feel like you absolutely should play the custom catchers because you do want to chase down some of those non-GXs. Uh, I think particularly of, you know, the, the doll stall matchup where you want to knock out Florges or, you know, their... Um, Munchlax, or yeah. you want to knock out like a Pidgeotto, or you want to knock out the Victini, or something like that. Um, I, I do agree with with the way that the deck was built. I love the Rosa. I love the Custom Catchers. Uh, just really strong foundation for that build, and I think that'll be the primary way to build ADP moving oh, yeah. forward. Definitely. And I've actually I've greatly shifted my opinion of ADP after seeing that in action. I actually think you know we ragged on it a bunch for you know two or three weeks now and i actually think it's it's like a decent deck it's one i would consider playing now <laughs> that i've seen yeah. in action with this kind of build yeah for sure for sure i mean sometimes it just takes that one card to kind of unlocked unlock the possibilities of a deck totally uh, and so we definitely saw that with with the rosa yeah for sure for sure so i also do want to touch on those custom catchers and why i think adp is an especially good user of them because of that gx attack right like there's actual notable benefit to pulling up a non-gx besides just like knocking out a pokemon like you take that extra prize which kind of offsets the deck space that goes into it plus adp is such a simple deck that you don't need a lot in it which gives affords you that space to fit in four custom catchers whereas stuff like mewtwo now has such an absurd amount of stuff going on that is actually really difficult to fit four additional cards Right, you know, even that one extra slot. If you play three great catchers, that one extra slot is still incredibly relevant. <laughs> Absolutely, you know. Whereas, you know, with ADP, it's like you have Xander's list now, which is pretty tight and like well made. But like, you know, there's a lot of things that went into it. You know, there's there's a giraffe egg. There's four custom catchers. Like that alone is a lot going on. That only ADP can really afford that deck space. It right. reminds me a lot of Picarom. Yeah. It it's super interesting, right? Because you only have two of the the main attacker in ADP. You only have two of the Keldeo. And then pretty much the rest of that, the Pokemon line, the trainers, energy, whatever, that's like free game. You can really just kind of build it a lot of different ways. Do a lot of different things. Yeah. A lot yeah. of space for text. ADP really is just feels to me like a new age Picarom. It has a, that, a lot of similarities in the uh, the tempo of the deck. It has a lot of similarities in the like acceleration aspect of it and the affordability of text. So, um, now granted, I wasn't a pig Pikaram fan either. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sure the bias yeah. still still prevails. I think I think my my view of ADP is higher now after seeing its success. I mean, it yeah. was very good Naturally. with a lot of 
players, but I still don't think it would be something that I would personally play at an event. Um, I think it's a fine deck. I think if somebody came to me and was like, hey, I'm thinking about playing ADP, I would say, yeah, you know, do it. Like if you're comfortable with the deck, like definitely do it. And if your metagame shapes up correctly for ADP, then definitely do it. I just don't know that it's it's a deck that I would play. Yeah, I think that's totally fair too. Um, yeah. I mean, this meta has so many options too. Like you shouldn't have to restrict yourself to, to playing certain archetypes or decks. So ADP and Gardevoir, I really think they exemplified what we've hit on so many times in this podcast about teching for the top tables. Uh, but let's talk about what those top tables were looking like sure. in Daytona. I we, think... saw, we saw a lot of Malamar. I think Malamar was one of the most played, maybe the most represented decks in day two. And that was a bit of a shocker for me. Yeah. Um, I think in my perspective, I wasn't that surprised that it saw representation. It kind of panned out like we thought it would. Like there was a yeah. decent amount of people playing Malamar. A lot of them saw middling success. And then one person made it to like top four and then lost, <laughs> which is like, that's just, that's so quintessential Malamar, isn't it? Like a bunch make day well, two. Well, it was, it wasn't even like that. I, I want to say too, is that Malamar had no shot at beating ADP or Guardi. <laughs> like it just had no chance. Like I think it, was it had not... a better chance of beating the ADP than it did of beating the Guardi. Sure. Sure. And you could, you could debate, you know, matchup percentages, but like it had unfavorable matchups almost across the board in top eight. Yeah. So, you know, it, yeah, exactly. We were, we were almost spot on with that prediction of Malamar being like that, that comfort pick, that kind of that safe choice that you may have gotten day two with it, but you definitely weren't winning the tournament with it. And, <laughs> you know, it definitely, it definitely panned out. And I think, I think we could go to say like, you know, it wasn't even a bad break that it didn't make the finals or win the event. It just wasn't ever going to win with that matchup spread. <laughs> it's like you're right but it, it hurts to hear too um sure so there was a couple different ways that we saw malamar played though which again that's very quintessential malamar is like a bunch of people played a million different ways and nobody agrees on it um yeah. a couple of those ways with the most success was kind of a, just a very traditional psychic build michael catron with you know just latios to get that um clear vision off you have giratina just virtually swing spell tags deliciousness that obviously saw success i don't even think we really need to talk about that because everybody knows about psych malamar at this point yeah um some of the more interesting variants not to say that it wasn't interesting <laughs> that katron did well with psychic but some of the other um sorry katron didn't play Latios, but you get the idea like psychic malamar um some of the other variants we saw was ultra necrozma was a pretty popular variant um yeah and it kind of follows suit with things that we've seen in this format with like needing the ability to deal with large threats on the board. Um, not a huge fan of Ultra Necrozma myself. I know that you've seen it at least a couple times on the latter of the past couple days. I don't know if you experimented with it yourself. What are your thoughts on the Ultra Necrozma variant of Malamar? I mean, it seems good. I was seeing mostly from uh, the tournament and just things on the ladder that people were playing kind of a thin line, maybe one Ultra Necrozma and one you know, beast energy and a metal, you know, just a very kind of splashed in, not necessarily an afterthought, but certainly not the main focus of the deck. And I do feel like that's probably 
the way to play it just because I don't know that Malamar or that uh, Ultra Necrozma has that many strengths uh, other than, you know, just taking down things like Gardevoir and ADP. Yeah, I mean, more or less I agree. More or less I agree on that one. Another kind of variant that we saw, um, Mike Morton played a ton of different, sure, almost random feeling texts, but they obviously had all their own use cases. But sure. it was just such an interesting combination of cards to see on a board. Um, the one I thought was the most crazy was the uh, Snivy Venusaur. And when I saw a chat and hearing the commentators talking about it, I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Now, granted, I didn't know what the GX attack even did when this was happening. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I like the, I actually like Snivy Venusaur in Expanded. Yeah, for the 50s. With Mewtwo. And then yeah. you just you know do 50 for one but uh yeah definitely a cool tech i i mean i'm not sure did he use it i mean he can't i don't know the other attack i just know the gx attack the first attack i believe involves a grass energy which is part of my confusion and the ability also involves grass energy so my when i was hearing this on the on the stream i'm like does he group viridian for a grass and attach it to like get the <laughs> gust effect because that's kind of cool i guess yeah. <laughs> but no, alas that was not the case um unfortunately so that would have been kind of cool but <laughs> but it was more about using that gx attack to spread against the doll decks sure. sure which i don't think we got to see that successfully happen on stream unfortunately but the threat of it was always there um he also played the fairy Mimikyu with copycat as opposed to the ever prevalent psychic one. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the purpose of that was to hit into RC Stalgapalkia um, for one fairy and a psychic. Yep. Seems reasonable enough. I don't know if it actually is a huge matchup swing or not. Have Have you put any thought into fairy Mimikyu at all? Not really. I mean. <laughs> I mean, it seems like the best like knee-jerk play if you think ADP is going to be big. I don't really see that there's any... There's certainly not a non-GX that I can think of off the top of my head that can be as splashable as Mimikyu uh, to deal with an ADP. So, Yeah. I mean, it, certainly it's easy to get the attack off with just a Viridian and a Malamar. So um, I, don't, I don't see any problems with it. Um, and I think Mike Morton has a lot of interesting ideas that you can continue to build off of in the future. I know some of our friends, particularly Adler Pierce, was very into Naganadel in in Malamar as a way to deal with stall decks to activate your Blacephalon. Yeah. Uh, so that's certainly an option if you're able to get that off before the stall decks get off their clear vision. <laughs> yeah, that, right, right, right. Because <laughs> that seems like... It just seems like that's something that's going on a lot lately is that clear vision. So, yeah, it's, it's all ask. Yeah. Wow. So Malamar, though... I mean, I was I was impressed by by both its showing and and its finish in the end. I think, you know, I, obviously I I didn't really expect it to win the whole tournament, but seeing it make it all the way to, to top four was was pretty nice. And seeing that a lot of top players actually did consider it was was kind of cool. You know, yeah, absolutely. as a deck that gets a lot of flack every every turn, it was kind of nice yeah. to see it get some love. Yeah, well, I mean, there is like that little phrase like Malamar did Malamar things. You know, I see that yeah. a lot. Malamar and- hands. Malamar hands, you know, and <laughs> kind of the the lingo for when you get a bad hand. But yeah, it was really refreshing to see it. Uh, so well played and, and so well highly regarded by top players. Uh, that was very interesting to see. Were there any other 
surprise decks or anything else you want to touch on about like the day two metagame that you saw? Um, day- I mean, I think the the most interesting deck that we haven't talked about yet has got to be the doll stall deck, right? I mean, sure. Piloted by a ton of players, all of them saw a decent amount of success both in day one and in day two. Um, we saw a couple different variants. I think the premier one, though, was that um, Jimmy Pendarvis Grant Manley list that made a bunch of top finishes. So let's just talk about dolls. I think sure. you've been you, you've been big on dolls, JW. That's your preferred stall deck, if I'm remembering correctly from our conversations. Yeah. yeah. So I'll hand it over to you. What do you think of the dolls decks that came out of this tournament? Um, we saw a couple different cool ideas in them. Do you think those will continue to be the play? Do you think there's a way you can shake it up to continue to deal with the decks that did well at Daytona? Or do you think Dolls is kind of dead in the water after all these crazy techs have come out of the Well, which specifically, which specifically, which specific techs are you referring to? So most notably, I'm thinking of stuff like Custom Catcher Giraffe in ADP, and I'm thinking of Amistar in Gardevoir. Yeah, sure. Right. So uh, Dolls was i think a great choice like for the event i mean we saw a lot of the top players choosing dolls and like you said it is my preferred stall deck i think it just gets the lock much quicker and much easier than like pidgeotto but does absolutely have its flaws namely gardevoir is a tough matchup if they include the omastar and so you look at dolls and you say wow this you know is such a great stall deck such great matchups generally speaking uh but we look at kind of what defined the tournament the decks that made the finals in adp and gardevoir and they both had really really solid answers to dolls in cryogonal and giraffe and uh you know custom catchers in adp and the omastar line in the gardevoir deck so you look at it going forward i don't know if it's going to be that well played i don't know that there's anything that you can really do to avoid or prevent uh what's being thrown at it i think it's just kind of that that deck where you have to wait till the meta circles back on itself where it'll be good if everybody plays you know things like mewtwo and abilities art and i don't know peek around whatever it is when people play decks that are not adp and gardevoir then maybe uh dolls have a chance to uh to rise again yeah, I will admit, I think the ADP is pretty tough, but I did come across an interesting card. Um, I think it was on Verbank today that might help against Gardevoir. So listen to this. There's a Celebi in Unified Minds. Oh, does it pick up? Uh... It devolves one of your opponents of all Pokemon and shuffles the evolution into the deck. Yeah, so like, <laughs> that could work, right? And they only play one rare candy. so like, <laughs> Exactly. I guess that could do it you know do you think that might be worth including i mean it's one energy one retreat it's second attack confuses which actually isn't terrible either yeah it doesn't seem so bad is that the is that a celebi star no it's a celebi just a hollow rare from unified minds yeah i mean that could definitely be good i i haven't seen that card but i could definitely see it like if but again you know gardevoir wasn't so heavily played that i would be maybe worried about that in particular i think i'd be more worried about adp i would definitely be more worried about adp i'm not sure what the answer to adp is i will admit Um, i mean you know we were talking about this uh the last podcast i think but saying oh well well you play one cryogonal well i'm gonna play two spear tomb and then oh you play two 
cryagonal. Oh, I'm going to play three spirit tomb. And all of a sudden, your, <laughs> your deck starts to look like it's a spirit. spirit. It is just spirit tomb. <laughs> I, th there was one player, actually, Nathan Brower, um, finished in the lower end of, of day two. He played two spirit tomb and two, two rainbow energy. And he actually said on his uh, Facebook post that he didn't think the second, the two two line was particularly useful. It didn't really change anything in the end. Right. Um, you, you have to imagine that that's true. Just yeah. because it's it's going to be hard to get up, takes some extra turns to get it going. ADP can always custom catcher it up and knock it out before you get the necessary amount of damage on your spirit tomb to one shot a cryagonal. So yeah. a lot of things that that you know the tech is good in theory, but then maybe in practice doesn't quite work the way you want it to every time. Yep, it's kind of, it's kind of be like that. Uh, yep. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, I don't really know exactly what the uh, solution is there. There's just the cryogonal is pretty tough to deal with. I mean, you can play like channelers, but that doesn't. It's one turn, so you you know you can lose yeah. some in it every other turn. But it's I guess if you like get enough dolls out on the turns that you channel her, you could potentially loop that. I suppose you would need two dolls every time you channel her. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how you'd pull that off. I guess you could stack one the turn prior and then channeler draw into another off Jirachi and bench two it's not impossible actually I guess yeah it's definitely not the worst idea but then you have to like I don't you have know. to play channeler in your deck which... yeah right then you have to play channeler <laughs> I, do feel, I do feel like dolls has that like maybe three to three to six cards that it can work with though yeah so yeah, for sure it's just an idea I don't know I, I like stall decks so Putting, yeah. the, putting the rain power there is always nice to me. Sure. But I think that's the last deck I really wanted to hit on. We saw some spatterings of Blacephalon GX. I still hate that deck. Uh, I don't know if you have any fondness towards it, JW. Not particularly. I mean, it, it may take a decent to good matchup against Gardevoir if they're not playing the Ultra Beast Fairy Charm. But you lose to... ADP, I'd imagine, just in that they can wall with Keldeo pretty effectively against you. So, not too sure what you do in that matchup. Maybe it comes down to like a Stinger GX play, and then you knock out their ADP, and that's how you win. But even then, I just feel like it's a lot set up, and the deck already struggles a little bit with consistency. Yeah, that's fair enough. So I think that's it's more or less all the decks that we saw in day two of Daytona. There was you know, a couple of random decks here and there, but most of them had one to two players and typically didn't see that many uh, high finishes at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So let's let's shift our perspective to move forward then a little bit. Sure. Uh, this weekend, we have another regional in San Diego, California that, or is it San Jose? I, I'm mixing up all the same. I think it's in San Diego. Is it San Diego? Ugh, this, is too, this is too much for my brain. Uh, Santiago. <laughs> whatever there's a regional in california this weekend i'm sorry to all the californians who i immediately offended by mixing up your cities um and it's another standard one so this event no doubt had a, is going to have a huge influence into the metagame moving into california sure. jw what do you think is going to be your deck of choice going into california this weekend if i had to play in san diego today I would choose Lucario Melmetal. Okay. That, that is perfect counter deck for this format. 
It, okay. That, it sounds so stupid. I uh, maybe because it hasn't seen play since Knoxville, but the meta is perfectly aligned for this deck to work. Okay. Now, I think heading into San Diego, you'll see a lot of players opt to play the decks that did well. And the decks that did well were ADP and Gardevoir, maybe Mewtwo there. You can kind of lump that in there as well. Uh-huh. Lucario Melmetal has great matchups against all of those. Things that it doesn't do that well against, uh, maybe Blastephalon, maybe Malamar with a thick uh, Ultra Necrozma line. But I just, the decks that, if we look at the meta share and what was played in um, in the last tournament and looking forward, I think Lucario Melmetal has the best matchups <laughs> against the best decks. I'm not going to lie, man. You're kind of losing me here. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I see it into Guardi. How does it have a good ADP matchup? Because they just don't do enough damage. They, like, three-shot you and you can heal. But they can heal, too. Yeah, but you just have more heal. <laughs> I guess with great potions and stuff you're saying? Yeah, you have more. Well, and then you have just, you play, like, you could play, you have room to play more healing. Sure. Yeah. I just, uh, <laughs> like, you're talking the greens, welder, the car on metal. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. What are you talking about? I mean, yeah, like, I see the door. I see where you're going. Yeah, like, it's basically like, okay, so it's basically like Metal Gardevoir. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So Gardevoir has a good matchup. I mean, maybe primarily because of weakness, but at the but same the time. But the problem is that Guardi can power, like, Baba Plant and one shot a Keldeo, whereas. You need to get two different plants down and hit the Keldeo. <laughs> Assuming they don't heal all the damage off in between. It's fine, it's fine. But but they don't one shot you. It's cool. And you have and you have Hoopa. You have Hoopa too. Don't the forget Hoopa, you have... the Hoopa just does like one damage and dies. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's it's like a weird matchup, but you just trust I feel me. like it's not a good matchup, man. You can stamp them. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can stamp anything. <laughs> I feel like it's not a good matchup. You have to get way too many plants down to hit those Keldeos, I, I, I think it... I don't know. And whoever's been in my stream the last few days can vouch for me. I think the two times... I think we played it two times with our Lucario Melmetal. We won both. So I don't know what that <laughs> says. I think it says more about the deck than the players on the ladder in this instance. But... <laughs> I, I, I just, I feel like it's a good matchup. I feel like it's a good play. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't convince him. You didn't, you definitely didn't convince me. I do see your, I do see your logic process though. Um, yeah. Especially, I mean, like obviously, Lucario Metal will really give Gardevoir a rough time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, and it's tough, like, like we're, we're trying to talk these matchups, but it's like, the only testing that I've done and I've done, I mean, I've done a lot of testing since last week, but it's all been on the ladder. So like, I've not done any like specific matchups. And especially when you're talking about a rogue deck, uh, which I would say Lucario Melmetal is like, <laughs> I can't give you, you know, exact numbers. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's just, I feel like it's a good deck. It's, it's, a, it's a heart deck. Here's what it used to do. Here's what it should do. Here's the you know exposure <laughs> that I've had with it and what it's done. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, we can definitely like theorem on this all night and come to completely different answers, but it seems like it should be a good deck. Obviously beats handily the deck that just won. Um, and so... Do you at least play the Amistar line? You could. You could play the Amistar line. <laughs> but you're not convinced yet. Well, I don't know what to cut. <laughs> the deck's already so perfect. It's hard yeah. to know. I know. I, I have the perfect list. If you want the perfect list, just go to my Twitter. <laughs> I mean... Maybe we should control, consult Jama Stout because he's in he's in that group chat with us. That's true. That's true. He we probably should. he probably has some ideas about Lucario Metal. I mean, if there, I don't think there's been a better time, I will say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, John did bubble out of top eight at Knoxville, so that was a pretty good time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then if you think that Mewtwo will stay as strong as it as it was, just people like Mewtwo and it's a generally like solid deck. Like it's a very, very good deck. Um, I, I think it does have just a number of very solid, even to favorable matchups. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of the matchups, especially if you add an Amistar line are pretty good. Um, mostly just like baby blounds and ADP is what I wouldn't want to see. I think. Absolutely. What, uh, what do you think would be the play for San Diego? Do you have any decks that are kind of on your radar? Um, I'm not for sure yet. I don't think the meta was very odd, and it, the, you know, there's like a lot of different things. This whole, this whole format to me feels kind of like every deck's pretty good, but it has like one horrible, horrible matchup or maybe two, and I, like you just can't really do anything about. And then like every other matchup you have is like okay or better. Um, I don't know if you kind of feel that sentiment at all, but. Yeah, it, um, it kind of sucks because it feels like the matchups that are bad, you have a hard time even trying to outplay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the matchup, you'll have, like, one or two just really, really, really bad matchups that you almost can't do anything about. And then, like, the rest of the format's 50-50 or better. There's no, there's not, like, a lot of really... I don't know. It's weird to me. I don't know how to describe it perfectly, but I think you know what I'm saying. Yeah, um, and also, to add insult to injury, every deck is just super slow now. Yeah. yeah, they're like slow and awkward and weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is this is one of my least preferred um, Sun and Moon formats so far. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Like ADP seems like a decent choice right now, it, just because it can do a lot in a lot of different matchups, and you can always lean into Keldeo for like awkward GX matchups. Um, I never really find it to be that harmful to just go back to Mewtwo and play Mewtwo. Um, that's been my favorite deck for the last three and a half months now, and that's not really on track to change. Um, if I could find a way to get Dolls to be ADP, I would play Dolls. Yeah, I'd, I'd just run it back. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's just it takes such a hard matchup against that deck. Uh, or Pidgey, I would I would do the same thing for Pidgey if I could find a way for Pidgey to consistently get ADP. Right, right. And then I guess that comes down to, like, the local metagame, too, if you're thinking about playing in Cups. Like, if you don't have a lot of ADP, then maybe Pidgey is a good deck, because I do think it it gets to its win con... Or, like, it, it can mill, obviously, faster, more consistently faster than the Dolls deck, um, but has a very glaring weakness in that you're leaving a, you know, a Naranguru active or a Jirachi or whatever, or Pidgeotto, every turn for the ADP to come swallow up. So it, it gets really tough. Yeah. 
So I guess instead of picking one deck, I'm gen I'm indecisive until I lock in that de that dang deck list. I would say my top three in no order are ADP, Mewtwo, and Pidgey. Yeah. And what would you tech in Mewtwo to handle what we've seen this last weekend? What would I tech in Mewtwo? Um, yeah, I'd probably or subtract. I'm not sure exactly what I would do. I think the lists that are coming out tend to be pretty good. Um, I think just having like a Turtonator, make sure that's in the deck to deal with Guardian Keldeos seems pretty good to me. Other than that, I think I'm pretty comfortable with the deck. And actually, looping back to, to what you said earlier about the nine energy, I actually don't think that's necessarily true that that's a problem because a lot of times you can get the 300 Flare Blitz GX off on a Guardi before they get like double charm down. So, um, oh, I see, I see. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. I think the Turnator is actually pretty easy to pull off versus okay. Guardi. So I, I would play Mewtwo with a turret as, as if I had to say like a tech. If that's even a tech anymore, I would play the turret. Sure. Cool. Cool. So that's what we're looking at heading into San Diego. Is there any other thoughts you have about what kind of shifts we might see going into that or you know what people might be thinking about? Malamar probably still stays big. I think a lot more people will cling to ADP as just their deck of choice. It'd be interesting to see how ADP changes. If it does at all, maybe people will go for an ends resolve uh, style so that they can try to gain a one-up in the mirror. If they're able to hit an energy early and they go second or something, then they can get that attack off before their opponent. Yeah, uh, That might just be kind of the weird stuff that we start seeing uh, in ADP-less changing to try to beat the mirror Rayquaza now, energy switch also an option energy switch exactly that could that could work as well um malamar seems poised to just be well represented although again we'll i think we'll just echo the same sentiments that we had last time where malamar is a, a decent if not good deck uh, but will not win the tournament and then <laughs> one day we'll get punished for saying that i i don't i'm so confident that we won't that i'm not even <laughs> worried <laughs> that's busted <laughs> yeah i feel that <laughs> I, I mean I, I don't like disagree but i feel like w one day there'll just be this insane tournament where someone draws the most insane hands all, all weekend yeah and they just high roll the whole thing <laughs> yeah or the opponents all dead draw every single game <laughs> <laughs> it's like i always say there's like a theoretical world where a theme deck wins a regional just because everyone against it draws so bad. <laughs> I mean, and there is really no more theme decky deck than Malamar Necrozma. I mean, that that like literally is a theme deck. <laughs> it basically is a theme deck. Yeah, you set up all your little guys, and then you like a double. No, it's like a double theme deck, right? Yeah, I mean it's a double battle arena. It's not a yeah, uh, 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 it's not a theme deck, man. No. I take it back. I take it back. Like the language matters here. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, but it is. It is. Oh my god. Yeah, that's an inke. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think Valmar will still see representation, even though ADP is pretty pretty bad matchup. Yeah, people like that deck for whatever reason. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Do you think there's any rogue surprises that might come out this weekend? I mean, a lot of our viewers live have just come off of Andrew's stream where Nuzzle Raichu just ended up going 
three three one or four one uh that's a that's a pretty interesting archetype it's actually looking pretty good against decks like guardy you just build up a gigantic raichu one shot and then you go into the uh reshiram zekrom and one shot the next card <laughs> reshiram zekrom oh really oh, yeah what the Oh, so that's... they play like heavy Rosa and Volkners, and they get out the Reshiram, lightning or energy switch off the lightning and attach the one of fire, and just go whoopoo <laughs> like you're dead, bro. Seems insane. Um, yeah, I mean that could be a thing. I think again, Lucario Melmetal could be a thing. If we're looking at rogue decks, man, I mean those are the two that just jump out in my mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I honestly, Nuzzle Raichu and Look Metal, they feel like they occupy a similar, like, mind space to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> similar tier in my brain. Yeah. Yes, yes. I think, like, maybe a heavier Ultra Necrozma Malamar, like an Ultra Necrozma focused Malamar might be good. That's kind of the other thing that I, I'm thinking about. Just, just like two Ultra Necrozma and two Metal yeah, Energy. More like last. <laughs> Like world's format where it's just you know you're playing an ultra necrozma deck and not necessarily like a a psychic malamar deck with like a one of ultra necrozma you know making it a little more and ultra necrozma is definitely like the multi-prize attacker of choice right yeah probably i do, think so do you have any opinions on like ultra versus um Solgali lunala or Giratina garchomp or any other miscellaneous attacker that might exist in mali uh no i really don't <laughs> fair yeah. enough fair enough i like the ultra because you can just build it up on the bench and um one shot anything whereas giratina garchomp actually can't one shot anything <laughs> sure sure not well that that came out kind of weird it's like it can't one shot everything not that it can't one shot anything because important because <laughs> like theoretically it can one shot some things like like peek around yeah screw that guy yeah that's true <laughs> Okay, so that's a lot of in-depth foresight and reflection on this past weekend and heading into next weekend. JW, is there anything else that we wanted to hit on during this week's episode? Any huge up-and-coming decks? Any random things that you want to talk about? Shout out? Mm, I am just going to ask you a question, Riley. How excited are you for the Christmas party? I, I am very excited. For those of you who are not in the loop, JW is having a Christmas event that you're not invited to um during the weekend of the 14th oh, so you know so yeah he well it's just like he didn't want you i was advocating like hey we should invite everybody and jw was like actually i don't want them to come i don't like them and they kind of annoy me <laughs> and i'm like jw that's really rude <laughs> i definitely didn't say all of that <laughs> But anyway, JW is having uh, a get-together the weekend of the 14th, and I'm coming back to Columbus. So if any of you are living in Ohio, you can you can see me in person. Yeah, uh, we can shocker. hang out at the Cup. Yeah, I'm going to a Lee Cup in Ohio, which yeah. just sounds like a, a killer time. It just... Well, it just sounds like <laughs> two years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited. Although, oh, we also, I, I did get to see Hamilton. That is cool. And you got to see Hamilton too. So we're like we're brothers in arms. That's right. That's what was right. what did you say your your like overall review of it? What did you rate it as? I I don't know, nine out of ten. Yeah, I feel like that too. It's definitely the best musical I've seen. 
Yeah, it's a good musical. It's good entertainment. I feel like I've I've seen it, so I can tap into that cultural. <laughs> yeah. View. That and, cultural well, for sure. Yeah, cultural well, and I would see it a second time. So that usually, if if something, if I'm willing to see a piece of media or like read a book or see a play or see a musical like a second time, that usually is like the barrier for taking something that's good to being you know nine or ten out of ten worthy. For sure. Uh, you know, because I like a lot of things, but I'm like, you know what? My time isn't valuable enough for me to rewatch <laughs> it. But Hamilton yeah. is one of those things that I would do, uh, that I would rewatch. Well, anyway, let's open up the floor to questions. We will take the first five questions that we get, and then we will sign off for the day. So, in the meantime, though, JW, I have one question about Hamilton for you. What were your thoughts on the rotating stage aspect of it? Uh, I thought it didn't really add a lot to it. <laughs> really? I, yeah, I was like, oh, it's it's okay. Like, it's fine. I thought it was really cool because it lets you, like, walk and, like, either be faster or, or, like, move, stay in place while also actively walking. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. I just, I don't know. It was fine. I thought, I felt like the set of all the, like, components of Hamilton, I felt like the set was the least spectacular. Yeah. You know, it was still good. Like, it was fine. I mean, if we're talking about, like, the, you know, like, the background components, I guess, I think the costume design was probably the the best part of it. Yeah, costume design was definitely good. I, You know, the lyrics were really good. The music was... Oh, yeah. I'm excluding, like, the the content. Yeah. I guess it's all content. I don't know how to describe it. Like, excluding, like, the lyrical spoken part of it, I think the costumes was, like, the the best part. Yeah. I think if we're actually... Overall, best part has to be the lyrics. Yeah, very, very good. It's very spectacular. Anyway, very good. Um, first question from Creeping Fruit: What do you think about Rosa versus Bills in ADP? JW thoughts? Uh, I mean, they both seem perfectly acceptable. I think it's just kind of, you know, half a dozen of one, twelve of the other, or six of the other, I guess. <laughs> uh, and so. You know, I mean, it, it, it won't seem fine. Half a dozen, one, 12 of the other. <laughs> well, that's, there's a clear advantage there. <laughs> uh, no, half a dozen, one, and six of the other. Um, just seems fine. I, I would like to go down to the, the next question, though, Cynthia or, or Lily. I do feel like Lily is kind of a suboptimal supporter for ADP. I don't know if you felt that way, but all the games that I played with it, just Lily hasn't felt... The greatest because you really can't pair your hand down with anything there's nothing really that lets you discard cards you can like play pokemon and play energy but then your hand is just generally really big so i never really find myself drawing more than drawing more than four off of first turn lily uh so i wonder if maybe those should just be uh cynthia and caitlin's or something like that yeah um i i probably think the cynthia actually might be better as well uh, I would have to get more hands-on experience with it, though, to, to say de- definitively. Sure. I mean, Xander obviously played Lily, saw success with that, but it didn't ever look like he was drawing a lot off of it. It never looked, like, super impressive. It's never like, oh, wow, like, Lily. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, Lily, that's looking nice right now. It was more like, oh, like, Lily for three. That's pretty nice. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, was, it was all right. Um I will say the other thing about Cynthia, and I was talking to Jimmy Pendarvis like mid-event, and he's like, oh, actually, I beat Xander in a game. 
it was a little bit easier than I thought it would be because he didn't play any deck refresh. So I was able to like very sure. aggressively hit his cards. I'm like, well, sure. that's that's definitely true. That's definitely true. So I I always like the option to have like one Cynthia index just to refresh. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. To and then to loop back. Sorry to creeping fruits. Uh, mentioned there about Rosa versus Bill. Uh, I would just like to pose that question to you, Riley. Oh, I like the Rosa for sure. I feel like the turns that you would bill aren't typically like the super, like, do you really care what you get off bills when you're playing bills that often? Whereas like Rosa is happening on important turns because it's the turns the stuff gets knocked out yeah. and you're getting not just trainers, like you're getting other important pieces. Like the Keldeo, for example, is kind of hard to search out like when you need it. Or Xander played the Mimikyu, which is not easy to search out. You can get that whole Mimikyu combo as long yeah. as you have a switch out with just the Rosa. Right. Right. So, um, I mean, I guess you can't get a rainbow, but you could play like a one of fairy or something if you wanted to do it that way. Um, sure. So it's like the Rosa just seems like it does more. It like assembles a whole combo at once, whereas the bill just like gets random stuff out of the deck. Right. Effectively. Like bills might as well just give you two, like two random trainer cards. For sure. <laughs> exactly. Um, whereas Rosa is giving you deliberate things that you're choosing on important mm-hmm. turns. And then especially with the one ofs, you know, you just, you're, you're more able to search those out. Yeah. You have- when you're playing one of counter game, one of great catcher. Right. You know, it also, There's you know, more. like you can also get supporters to set up for like the next turn. Like, yeah, sure. It's just like good. I don't know. <laughs> sure. I mean, it's a little more conditional, right? Because you have to have something get knocked out and like you're presuming that the ADP is the first thing to get knocked out. So you're already halfway through the game at that point. But, you know, it, it is just that that spe- specificity is very, very strong. So well, I guess like part of my logic there as well is like if stuff's not getting knocked out, then like, you're in a good place. Like you're probably feeling OK and like you don't need to get like specific cards out of your deck at that moment you can just afford to like cynthia and caitlin or lily or or cynthia or whatever sure so uh the real magneton says do you wish stage two decks could make a comeback in a later meta absolutely i've been playing a lot of my cube with my wife my heart gold soul silver cube and a lot of those cards revolve around stage two so we've been having a lot of fun playing rare candy (laughs) i kind of forget what it's like to play rare candy in this current meta but i do wish they would make a comeback yes and no i hate rare candy it just like it feels really bad to have to rely on it but i do like evolution decks in general like even just circumventing stage two like stage one decks have also kind of died um Mm -hmm. and i i just think like evolution is part of pokemon like as the franchise and so i like it when evolution decks are a thing sure absolutely cool well i want to take this time riley to shout out our twitter uh we should maybe get that as a banner a rotating banner, uh, but we have started a uh, tag team podcast Twitter account uh, where we're going to be posting, you know, presumably uh, just more often, more interesting topics. Uh, we would love it if you're listening now or if you're listening later, if you would go and like that Twitter account. <laughs> well, if in you the would... context of whoever's listening at this moment, would it be now to them, you know? Yeah, I guess so. I don't need to address future <laughs> listeners. <laughs> right. Ah, interesting. Ah, good, good thoughts, right? Like, okay, I'll keep that in mind. We'll we'll edit this out in B-roll. And no, then the other, it's, it's staying, bro. The other thing I would just like, <laughs> if you do, if you are listening later, and, and you're listening off of, uh, 
<laughs> oh wow, I guess I don't need to do that. Proceeds to do exactly that again. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, make sure to leave a review because those are super helpful for those platforms to get just the more exposure and things like that. We've been having like some really good, I've been asking some people like, hey, if you really like what we're doing, leave a review. Um, and they have, and it's been really great to see. So if there are more people out there that do like this channel, do like this program, do like tag team, then please make sure to show us some love. And the easiest, the most free way to do that is just to, uh, you know, thumbs up, give five stars, all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks CW for the, for the plug. <laughs> yeah, definitely do though. It's, it's, it's really helpful and really nice when you get those reviews out there. Um, it does help us grow and continue to sustain what we do. So with that, I think we'll be bringing the show to a close today. Thank you all so much for listening this week. We really appreciate uh, all of your viewership and uh, listenership. <laughs> and we will see you all next time. Peace. Sounds good. See you guys.